Dan. Hi. Happy birthday. Thank you. So your gift is that I'm going to let you pick this one this week. Really? Yep. Lost Boy. Let's do Lost Boy. I love you, but you don't make it easy sometimes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. Happy birthday to me. That's right. It's not my birthday when this episode's coming out. Not for a few more days. But my birthday is always, his, it's it's always seven days after Halloween. Whatever day of the week is... Sure. Halloween, that's the day of the week of my birthday. That is how birthdays work. Also, the birthday of... All birthdays are seven days after Halloween. Right. Is uh, what I'm saying. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> All people with my birthday. I got confused. You you threw me. Okay. Anyway, you know who else has, who I share a birthday with? Who? Joni Mitchell. Pave Paradise to put up a parking lot. Oh, nice. The London Brothers, Jeremy London and the other one that was or wasn't in Mallrats. And sure. Mike Herrera's dad. Nice. <laughs> nice <laughs> so i'm in good company all that those that i mean obviously i'm the the if you go to one of those celebrity how much do they make celebrity <laughs> net worth account <laughs> websites i'm the top sure or most famous people from scranton type websites that we went to that one time right exactly most famous people with it's all that patreon money yeah <laughs> That's right. So this week we're talking about Lost Boy. Yeah. We've been planning this one for a while. Yep. And we... We just had to do some prep work for it. But we do have voicemails and stuff. Oh, nice. How was your Halloween, Jessica? Uh, it was pretty good. How was your Halloween, Danny? <laughs> it was exactly the same as yours. <laughs> I spent it with you. Indeed. We had fun. We... um, What did we do? We watched the movie Halloween on VHS. Yes. Because, like, we own, like, all these popular horror movies on VHS, but we never watch them. They're just kind of, like... We watch VHS They're tapes. like an art installation. Yeah, but we never yeah. watch, like, mainstream <laughs> movies on our VHS yeah. collection. And we were like, let's be cool guys <laughs> and watch <laughs> Halloween on VHS. Exactly. So that was fun. And I had, we had a whole bunch of Trader Joe's candy. And then Jessica was like, did you eat that entire thing of Trader Joe's peanut butter cups? And I'm like, yeah, it's Halloween. <laughs> she was disgusted. And it's my birthday in seven days. So uh, let's see. We do have some voicemails. Oh, we have a bunch of voicemails. So um, so here's a voicemail uh, going back a couple weeks. And this was... Uh, a couple weeks. We didn't have any voicemails last week. Why didn't you play it last week? Well, this week? is this is one, this is in regards to you know our struggles having a child. Oh, gotcha. That we started talking about a couple weeks ago, and so I didn't feel ready to play any voicemails about that. But here is one. Hey, Danny and Jess, it's Jake, giving you a voicemail from Minnesota, and since you're a podcast about you guys struggling with the baby, so kudos to you for being together still and seemingly not having a huge uh, strife on this issue, at least not that you made known on the podcast, so great job. My wife and I have tried for nowhere near as long as you, but months and months and months, and 
had some issues with, you know, the pregnancy sticking once we did get it, so super frustrating. But uh, it did make us closer, which is great. So I'll continue to pray for you guys. Um, we ended up just getting super diligent on the ovulation strips to make sure that we were, you know, doing things, <laughs> quote-unquote things, during the uh, right window of time. And eventually it worked. So aside from prayer, um, thoughts with you. And thanks again for delivering the podcast. And I look forward to hearing the announcement when you guys do get pregnant. Okay. Bye. Well, thank you very much, Jake. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we've, we've been in, we've done that as well, but, um, we haven't always like done the things that we need to do at the exact time we're, they're supposed to do them. And that's my fault. Cause there's like an anxiety when it's like, this must happen now. And I'm like, uh, this is not something we'd normally talk about on the podcast, but we are talking about collapsible lung this week. <laughs> In a song about a girl who had a baby when she was 17 years old. You asshole. Is that why you... No. No. It's just a coincidence. No. No, it's really not. It's just a coincidence. So well, thank you okay, so much. Well, okay. So you, you just mentioned something about the lyrics. There's debate over that. Uh, I've seen it both ways. Uh-huh. And if you listen to the song, I, I think it's the, not a. Or... I. We'll what get about to the it. babies? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize that. Well, let's listen to some other voicemails we got. Here's one. Uh, this is from just this is from just today. It. No. It's the word it or the word a, and I've seen it both ways. And oh. when you listen to it, I think it's the word it. The word a completely changes the intention. You could say you had it. Oh. I mean. Oh, you, you had, had it, baby. baby, when you were... Oh. Or you had a baby. I was like, or is this like <laughs> It's a, a very different narrative. <laughs> it's like not nice to call a child it, but then I was realized you were going to be talking about something else entirely. We're not into the song yet, but that's yeah. fascinating. I'll, be, I'll enjoy getting to that. Here's another voicemail that was that was called in uh, about Halloween and Owatonna. Hi, guys. How are you? It's been a long time since I've called. I know you miss me so much. It's Lindy, and I wanted to say I am listening to, I forget the name of it, but it's the most current, and it's the Halloween Owatonna, Owatonna, (laughs) whatever, uh, episode, and, you know, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your story yet again about the Ace Troubleshooter concert with Reliant K. Very entertaining. Yeah, I told you. I tried to give... I will share it one more time. I can't tell if she's being facetious or not. (laughs) In 2001, (laughs) I had a bag... You just did it last week. I had a bag of mint cups. And uh, when I did that edit, you were like, you cannot comprehend what I was saying when I'm saying mint cups. Just think it's a peanut butter cup, but instead of... What are you talking about? I know what a mint cup is. But then you were like, then you were like asking me, is it like a, is it like a mint, like an after dinner mint? I was, I was just trying to keep the story going, Danny. (laughs) I was just, I was just trying to add some flavor, so to speak. (laughs) Well... I appreciate that she appreciates that story. When you didn't, you're like, oh. Only because I've heard it before a number of times. (laughs) You heard it before we ever even did this podcast. Yes. I was kidding when I said, is it like a York peppermint patty or a junior mint or whatever? I I was kidding, Dan. I understand now. I'm sorry. Um, I also wanted to say 
I totally agree with Jessica about the confusion of Halloween with Christians. Like, I get it. Um, it's supposed to be like, I don't know what the word is, like blasphemous or something, um, about celebrating and dressing up and whatnot. Like, I was raised in a Christian house and we always celebrated Halloween. That's the weird thing is like, we always dress up, me and my brother, my mom, my dad, we all would dress up and hand out candy, sometimes have Halloween parties. And yet, as like a teenager, that's when my parents decided to be like, no more Halloween for you. It's bad. But like my whole childhood growing up, it was totally fine. So as an adult, I'm totally torn because I'm like, you know, do I, do I celebrate? Do I put stuff outside? Do I buy things that are Halloween? So I don't know. I'm just sharing my life story about Halloween and the weirdness that is a Christian belief. <laughs> anyway, I haven't called in in a while and I thought Halloween was kind of a fun time to do it. So that's what I'm doing. And I hope everything's going well with you guys. Um, by the time you get this, it'll be past Halloween. Well, it'll be for the next episode. So let me know what you guys did for Halloween. If you did anything, I'm planning on making pigs in a blanket and handing out candy. So, happy Halloween. Bye. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Well, we did coincidentally just say what we did for Halloween. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. technically, we kind of celebrated a bit more of Halloween the day before Halloween, where we went over to a friend's place and had a uh, a game night, which was fun with just a couple oh, right. people. And that was nice. And we all dressed up. I forgot about that. I mean, I didn't forget. I wasn't going to, for the rest of my life, forget about it, but I wasn't thinking about it right now. Yeah, that was fun. We went over and we played like a Halloween themed game. It's actually like it was a. It's called what is it called? Like Salem, Salem uh, and then some a date. Year. <laughs> it's like it's, I'm sure if you go to Amazon and type in Salem card game, you'll find it. But it's a witch hunt based game. Like you get cards, and one of you is a witch. It's very Christian. Two of you, you are a witch. People, yeah, you kill people. You know, if you think they're a witch, whether they are or not, you know. <laughs> right. You can accuse people of being yeah. a witch, even if they're not. You can and recruit it's all... them to be witches if they're not. It's it's the same as a lot of like sort of mystery games and things where like you're something and you get it's like Clue, but for with not cards only. White. You know you what don't I mean. Really it's a deduction it's logic game. Sort of, yeah. There's, yeah. There's lots of games of that genre, is all I'm saying. Yeah. So that was fun. Danny, um, who'd you dress up as? Oh, that's right. I dressed up as Mario because it's a costume we already had lying around the house. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, we bought that Mario costume the first Halloween we ever had with April because I realized that's I have a right. picture right over there with April's first Halloween. Yeah. She was dressed like a little pumpkin. We dressed her as a little pumpkin. Yeah. She does not fit in that outfit anymore. <laughs> No. Yeah, it was one of those, like, my friend was like, we I, we knew that she was having the thing, but then she was like, hey, by the way, costumes are encouraged. And I was like, oh, because we had, like, not planned on getting dressed up this year so quickly. Right. Threw, threw a couple things together. I was Austin Matthews from from the Leafs. It's good from, stuff. From the hockey Leafs? Yes. Yes. Of the hockey Leafs. <laughs> of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um. She, <laughs> Rocket Richard winner Austin Matthews. <laughs> and yeah, so like I told, yeah, I, I would say 
Lindy, you can celebrate Halloween. Just yeah. go ahead and celebrate Halloween. I if saw- you enjoy it, if you don't enjoy it, don't celebrate it. I think if you don't like a lot of put people- out like witch stuff right. or things with the devil or like vampires or something, that's totally acceptable. But, you know, putting out like cutesy bats or whatever, right. or like, you know, a scarecrow with a pumpkin head, a little jack-o'-lantern, where, where's the harm in that? It's all good fun. Because I don't really know this stuff, but isn't like the whole point of Halloween historically, it was about fighting off the force, the, the evil forces. Yeah, it was to scare off the, and now, the bad things. somehow like Christians aren't supposed to celebrate Halloween because they think it's worshipping that stuff. And I saw a really good Facebook post. It was actually, it ended in sort of more jokey parts, but it started with a sincere part that said, children collecting candy and dressing like Disney characters is not worshipping the devil. And it said, worshipping something is a decision to plead your life to it. So one night of collecting candy and dressing in costume is not in any way worshipping. And then it goes on to more specific like jokes, but like for that one moment i was like yeah that's true (laughs) like and i always felt that way but i just hadn't put together that thought that like just doing a just doing something once isn't like visiting a church doesn't make you that religion or visiting a synagogue or a temple doesn't make you that religion Visiting France doesn't make you a French person. <laughs> I, I don't even feel like going around and asking your neighbors for candy it, it sh- makes any sense as being an evil sort right. of sort of correlation there. Like, yeah. So Halloween is fine and it's cool and uh, <laughs> and everyone should enjoy it. But everyone should really know. Not to celebrate my birthday, which is exactly one week after Halloween, because that is that, yeah. that is a holiday dedicated to the devil. It's true. It's it's very true. Don't sing happy birthday to him, because that is worshipping the devil through music. <laughs> it is. So uh, here we have another voicemail related to our Halloween and Owatonna episode. Hey ho, Kermit the Frog here. Ah! Uh, yeah, holy crap. The Kermit voice in the Muppets Haunted Mansion is so bad. Uh, and I'm so glad I'm not the only person. You're the only other people that I heard mention it. But wow, is it bad. Anyway, all that is to say, I too, Danny, saw Napoleon Dynamite on opening weekend at a small theater here in L.A. And like a year later, everyone starts talking about this movie. I was like, that movie came out forever ago. And then I'm hearing you describe this ending scene. I have no idea what you're talking about. Apparently, I have not seen the movie since it came out or at least in its entirety, and I had no idea there was this new ending scene, so I gotta go check that out. Okay, bye. David Park proving that everyone can do a Kermit better than the guy they hired to do Kermit. <laughs> yeah, David's Kurt bad, David's bad Kermit impression is still a better Kermit impression yep. than the actual guy who gets paid by Disney to be the current Kermit. And we didn't talk about it, but the original Kermit was fired for some BS. Like, he was basically just, like, not happy with some of the directions that and business decisions that Disney was making. So they fired him just for dissension among the ranks. And that's not even the original Kermit. Jim Henson was the right. original Kermit. That's but... the Kermit we've had for a long yeah. time since the death of yeah. Jim Henson, of course. That he's not the original original. Um, yeah, it, the new Kermit is so bad. And, yeah, and not a lot of people have talked about it. But it's really, really bad. Like, I looked on on Twitter trying to find anyone talking about it. Not a lot of people had talked about it, and some people were just confused and didn't know it's a new guy. They're like, one person I did see on Twitter is like, is there something wrong with the guy who does the voice of Kermit? And then a friend of theirs popped in and is like, no, it's a new person, blah, blah, blah. 
there needs to be much more. What we need, we they need... did the reverse Tom Servo. Yes, they did because the original Tom Servo on Mystery Science Theater was a really bad voice. <laughs> he was like, "Hi guys, this is oh, Tom Servo." <laughs> if you're familiar with mystery science theater 3000 oh and i had totally forgotten and david talking about napoleon dynamite reminded me because i don't think i mentioned this last week but so i also saw the i also saw napoleon dynamite in the original run because i remembered afterwards that when i bought the dvd i thought they reshot that ending for the dvd release oh okay Right. So, yeah. Um, well, and I think I asked, like, like uh, someone that I knew, like, about it, like a friend or somebody, like a, like a teacher or somebody who had also seen the movie, and they were like, oh, yeah, that was just for the DVD release. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. So uh, there's, there's more details to it if people do or don't remember this, but Napoleon Dynamite was released in theaters. Uh, I'm not sure what studio or distribution at the time because it's an, it's labeled as an MTV film now, but in its original limited theatrical run, it was not an MTV distributed movie. And then it started building up word of mouth, something that doesn't maybe necessarily, it definitely doesn't happen in the theatrical setting anymore. But that this is something that has happened, like it happened with my big fat Greek wedding, where my big fat Greek wedding yeah. was like a low budget independent film, you know, made with made by stars, but it was not expected to be a hit. And then it built its following in the theater. I think something also similar actually happened with Pulp Fiction, like Pulp Fiction just kept building in the theater. So these like very niche specific movies that are cultural zeitgeist now, but when they were released in the theater were not expected to do anything and actually snowballed and grew in the theater. Whereas most movies only decline after the first week. Napoleon Dynamite released without the MTV distribution tag. It grows, it gets distribution by MTV films to go bigger and more national and then they go and they shoot that added on, tacked on scene. And they really, and there's a, there were a couple of things where like my friend Johnny and I went to see this at the landmark theater in Boston where they, it was like the art house theater. Like it played in the art, it played in the actual art house theater because it was a low distribution movie. And we loved it so much that we tried to get everyone we knew to come see it with us. And nobody would come see it with us. Like, ever, nobody believed us. And then it's very similar to my experience with Reliant K, where I was a Reliant K fan before anybody else. And then, you know, before with the first album, and then Sadie Hawkins' dance comes out. And suddenly everyone in my youth group is like, oh, Reliant K, they're great. And I'm like, I was talking about them last year. <laughs> Such a hipster, Danny. So it's, yeah. So it's funny that you didn't, you know, you thought the tacton scene was for the DVD. And David Park hasn't even seen the tacton scene. Cool stuff. Everyone, every every Napoleon Dynamite first run viewer is is an island unto themselves. <laughs> they all have their own story. Uh, and then we have uh, another voicemail here. We have a bunch of voicemails, so we got to get through them. Uh, let's see. This is uh, Connor calling. Hey, Danny and Jess. It's Connor Daddy, the podcast antagonist, apparently. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's been a while since I called in. I'm just uh, had some stuff going on and catching up. Currently in the middle of running, and Jess is still very mad at me about Ryan Johnson. So apologies. It's 
I I still get a kick out of it every time. Um, <laughs> still looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. I uh, just wanted to call in, say that still listening, still here, uh, still enjoying the show, still happy that the one or two times that I called in about Star Wars are still making waves unintentionally. Um, yeah, still sending uh, good vibes, praying for you guys. Um, really hoping for the best with everything with the IBS and figuring that stuff out. Um, yeah. Love you guys. Still love the show. Uh, I'm gonna keep listening. Maybe I'll have something else to call about. Uh, talk to you later. Thank you so much. We're thank not you. talking about Star Wars or Ryan Johnson on my birthday. <laughs> that, that ends right there. So thank you very much, Connor, for calling. Thank you. And thank you for your prayers and well wishes and everything. We appreciate that. Uh, and then we have three voicemails from our brand new Patreon member. Oh. So he, let's listen to the first one. Hey, guys. Tim Strollsen, uh from Portland. How's it going? Long time. No talk. Um, listening to Owatonna right now with you guys. Um, the entire song is about scaring people. It, that's, it's just as simple as that. You guys make it way too complicated. Like even the, the, the made my blood run cold meaning is, is referred to, uh, causing one to shiver from fright or horror. It's, it's all just about being scared. So <laughs> there you go. And that was the whole, he's got two more voicemails. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I mean, we might have overcomplicated it at the time because. I can guarantee we overcomplicated it yeah, at the time. But it's the only episode we plan to do about whole Halloween and Owatonna. So we had to go as deep as we could with it. We're not alone in being, although you were the one who thought more specifically it was about actual like Halloween scary violence going into it and i was the one who's like well it's kind of both like a god or girl song but i know like when i did we we didn't harp on this that much but if you go and watch a lot of the live halloween and owatana youtube videos you hear people in the crowd occasionally when he's like put the gasoline into my chainsaw and there's blood growing cold and all that stuff going like whoa uh, hey uh, like like people in the crowd being verbally uncomfortable with these themes in a Reliant K song. Yes, the song is just about scaring people, but I think it's deliberately uh, written in such a way where it's kind of like toes that line of, is this about like a horror movie violence scenario? We spent more time talking about that than I think Matt Teason put into writing that song. <laughs> I think that was another very much so off the cuff Matt Teason Well, that's song. the genius of Matt Teason is that he could write a song that toes that line, that thematic line perfectly, even though it was like made up in an afternoon in less time than it takes us to talk about it. So Tim called back and let's hear this. This one's real short. 25 seconds. Hey, guys. Tim Sullivan again. Uh, just got to your part about my video. That's actually my living room. Um, every piece was put in place by me and my wife um so yeah that's that's, that's all it's all my all my stuff the whole video was made uh by me so except for the music the music was you know made by Ryan k and then the later song by uh vince Garaldi. 
Remember his Ulog video? Jessica oh, looks a little yes, confused. <laughs> yes. I was like, I was trying to think if this was like one where there were like kids dancing around in a living room. I'm like, did oh, Danny right. make fun of it and call it grandma's living room? I'm like <laughs> racking my brain for the videos we went through last week. He's saying where I implied that he took a Halloween Yule Log video off of YouTube and edited the Reliant K music into it himself, mm-hmm. that he's saying no, that's actually his haunted living room. I see. So I apologize that that's, that you're actually living in a Scooby-Doo mansion and I misunderstood. Looks amazing. Looks great. Oh, just got a... Danny. Just got a text in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Just got a funny text from a friend <laughs> we can talk about later. <laughs> and uh, here's one, the last voicemail from Tim. Uh, Tim Sullivan here. So I was listening to Run In. Run in. Uh, very interesting episode um, with all the theories revolved around the song. I actually, um, a, long, a long time ago, I don't know if it was just shortly after... Uh, hearing this song or after a few listens or whenever I maybe learned about Matt Thiessen originally writing Deathbed about himself or gearing towards that, 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 um, kind of put in my head after I heard, heard running that it was maybe what his uh, original intention of Deathbed was. So running maybe more about him. So that's always been my theory. Um, so I think it, you know, it could work. Maybe not entirely, obviously, some of the, you know, details of the song, but at least partially. Yeah, I think so. That makes sense. And that's, I think that's, if we didn't say it exactly in those terms, I think that's kind of what we were thinking. And then also last catch up from the last couple of weeks, um, Joel, Joel, who, by the way, we always call him Joel K. Polke. Yes. <laughs> he said he pronounced it Joel Polk. Yeah, I think that came up. Uh, I think that's come up before. Come and up then before. we've forgotten. Like we gotcha. went a couple of weeks or a month or two without saying his name out loud. And we reverted back to Joel K. Polk. <laughs> Apologies. It's Joel Polk. <laughs> and he just uh, caught up with us because we had mentioned how uh, Markley Townsend has his solo record, 1919, The Ballad of Rexford. Mm-hmm. And how uh, Joel brought that album to our attention as possibly maybe connected to the deathbed, you know, universe, or at the very least inspired by it. And he did some more deep, he did some more looking into that after we kind of touched on it in the running episode. And it said, it turns out that that, that concept album by Markley Townsend is actually about Markley Townsend's father, Rexford, who was born in 1919. But that Joel, and I agree with Joel here, even though I have not listened to the Markley Townsend record, he says, I still think it's influenced by the things that Matt and Mark had planned though. So that may, but that makes sense to me. Like just because, he made it a true story about his father. It still could very easily be inspired by the fact that they had worked on Deathbed together. Yeah, sure. And similar projects that have never seen the light of day. So that is all the catch up top of the show business. And now I guess we can get into my birthday gift, which is talking about the song Lost Boy. Oh boy. By the band Reliant K. Oh goodness gracious, what's happening? I just want to get back into the mood. 
So that's our new th- where every song's gonna end. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> every song's gonna every podcast is gonna begin <laughs> with that whistle and that bass line, no matter what song we're talking about. It took four people to write this song. <laughs> so this song, Jessica's not Jessica's been moping around. <laughs> This still falls into the category for me of, like, I think it's an objectively good pop song, but it's also an objectively bad Reliant K song. It's just not a Reliant K song. But this song does have a lot of influence on people. There is a lot of stuff on YouTube, whereas we didn't really find any covers of Runnin'. uh, There are covers of... (laughs) What's this song called? Lost Lost Boy. Boy. There's there's a lot more influence and a lot this this song inspires people like specifically and I think that's to its credit as a pop song as a fun little pop song that is reminiscent of other <laughs> fun little pop songs that have already existed but it's just as a Reliant K song it is like a conundrum yeah and to all of those people who love this song I love that you love it and I apologize for everything I'm about to say. <laughs> The opening lyrics to this song? Nope. What is this? The UK? Heavy metal parking lot? You can't get on Winger or the Beatles or Ace Troubleshooters cases if you're cool with the most recent of all of these 17-year-old girl songs, Lost Boy by Reliant K. Like, there is nothing in the lyrics to indicate the narrator's age, and given that he is with quote-unquote women... He didn't know, and not girls. It feels like he's likely older. So uh, for those who who subscribe to the theory that this is all from, like, Matt Thiessen's point of view, well, he wasn't really out on the road playing shows trying to make it his home until he was 20. So still not okay. And those opening lyrics are, and this is where the question comes in, You had it, baby. You were 17 years old. I was on the road trying to make it my home. You had a man, but he wasn't no good to you. I was with women I didn't know. So it's either that or you had it. You had a baby. You were 17 years old. I was on the road trying to make it my home. You had a man, but he was no good to you. I was with women I didn't know. When you first said that while we were still doing voicemails, I had to wrap my head around that for a second. So I just want to say it out loud one more time. You had it baby you were 17 years old like the you have like, to like hey you were a that. sexy 17 yeah, year old you got it baby yeah you were 17 years old and you got it baby you were underage in most states yes. now is this massachusetts because reliant k came to play in massachusetts quite a lot and the age of consent there there's is, a reason why <laughs> the age of consent there is 16 for some godless reason it's the weirdest thing and I don't know if we talked about it in front of the paywall or on a Patreon, but like the age of consent in Massachusetts, for some reason, even though it's one of the bluest of blue states, although it's a very different kind of blue because it's like the it's like a <laughs> actually this fits the theme. It's a Kennedy blue. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's not like it's it's not that kind of like super progressive. And liberal boy, didn't demo- Kennedy love uh, yeah. being with young ladies that he shouldn't be with? Yeah. So now that I think about it, I never thought about it in these terms. But yeah, it's a Kennedy blue. It's not a it's not a progressive. It's like they you know, you kind of forget sometimes that the Kennedys were even Democrats. But so anyway, Massachusetts age of consent 16. I always kind of knew that. It didn't matter to and we've I mean we talked about it on this show so much, but I had so much like social anxiety that I didn't have a girlfriend 
ever. So it's not like it mattered to me personally, but you would know about it. And also it didn't matter in school because I was going to Christian schools with like graduating classes of like five people. But if like at work, I'm working at a grocery store and there's a 16 year old girl there and she's got like a 20 or 30 year old boyfriend, it would look weird, but it was completely legal in Massachusetts. And it's, and then over the last couple of years, I was like, surely they've changed that since then. Sure. I've been gone from Boston for like 20 something years. Surely that's been updated in the last few decades. Nope. Still the same. That's so odd. You would think that that would be uh, more of a thing in a place like New Hampshire, where the slogan is live free or die. <laughs> Which speaking of that, I did look into this because I remembered that in, in New Hampshire, uh, the, the one of the only states in the country for a long time that had no uh, seatbelt law. It was not mandated or you know required for you to wear a seatbelt. So again, at the same time, I was like, has that changed in the last couple of years? Nope. Not only that, you know, Massachusetts isn't the only state in the union with a uh, age of consent so low. But New Hampshire is the only state in America that does not require you to wear a seatbelt still to this day. Like, it's a point of pride for them. I don't know. Uh, You know, people people (laughs) rag on Florida. But man, like, I have been to, like, Massachusetts and New Hampshire. And no offense, but there's just, like, a bunch of old awful white men there. And yeah. So I I also just remembered... um, Oh man, I, I was I went to the trademark website to see if they had like because we have a collapsible lung vinyl that does not have s- lyrics in it. We know that, and I was like, maybe if there's scans of the CD artwork, maybe there's lyrics in that, but it doesn't look like the trademark website has comprehensive scans of the trademark of sorry of the collapsible lung artwork. Do um, we know that there were official lyrics at some point? Uh, I don't know that now. I because really, I really is... don't know that. We've never thought about that much with Collapsible Lung. Like, we know it with Air for Free. There's no officially published lyrics. But I guess it's just <laughs> somehow we've gotten this far into the podcast and never actually considered if there is or isn't officially published lyrics of... <gasps> There's a lyric video. There's an official lyric oh video. Oh my gosh, there is! What are we doing? <laughs> it took me a second. Uh, I guess we'll just do this part right now. This is why we don't record late at night. <laughs> so let's watch the lyric video oh the last thing i want to say about new hampshire was like my friend johnny and i when we'd be driving all around new england for different like you know concerts and stuff if we'd cross the new hampshire border he'd have this joke where he'd take off his uh take off his seatbelt and go (laughs) so the lyric video for this song we'll just talk about it here normally this would come later in the podcast but makes sense to do it now and i don't mean any offense to to massachusetts or new hampshire new england's very beautiful lyric video directed by i appreciate that and massachusetts appreciates that uh lyric video directed by nathan henry featuring blue the dog and jace uh jasper zelman hoops Oh, I didn't realize that because I didn't look that deeply into the lyric video. But it's a boy and a dog playing together in a river. And apparently it's Hoops's son. Cute. Is that one of his kids' names? I don't ever pay attention to the families of the people that I like. I only even know my Carrera's kids' names because, like, I, like, 
MXPX memes accounts makes me extra aware of them, and I don't even try. So I've never paid attention to what Hoops' kids' names are. Although that will come up later, because there's another Hoops kids-related video that I found with a Lost Boy connection. Do you, do you think he's he's a big Twilight fan? Because the kid's name is Jasper? Yes. Good question. Um, and an extra special cameo by Dan Gartley... Music produced by Aaron Sprinkle. Oh, that answers. I would take in part of your your job, Jess. This, did, Jess, did you I know already that had that written down? This song you. this week was produced by Aaron Sprinkle. I did. Written by Matthew Thiessen, Greg Wattenberg, Matt Musto, and Derek Furman. It's, uh, 2013. So the lyric video is, I guess, uh, Jasper Hoops and Blue the Dog playing together in a river. And let's see what the lyrics on it are did you see the lyric video it's a really nice video i did not watch it Cute dog. it's a beautiful dog it's you had a baby you had a baby okay the official lyric video says you had a baby all right so she had a baby at 17 years old collapsible lung featuring <laughs> sexy songs and teen pregnancy now drinking he he now digging into the story of this song it's it's not like she he, she didn't have a baby with him is not the implication. The implication is that he's living one particular kind of life, she's living another particular kind of life where she's already had a baby at 17 and they meet up and it's kind of a fun not maybe not fun but it's an interesting little setup for a story of like he must he's going to and from in the airport all the time cuz he's traveling all the time, right? Mm-hmm. seemingly as a musician, because that seems to be the implication. But if you put an extra layer of uh, fiction to a song like this on Collapsible Long, he could be traveling for anything, you know? And she works by the airport, so he sees her all the time. <laughs> At and age she's, 17, and she's, with her baby. And she's raking in tips with the heel of her boot, which implies that she's a stripper. What, is, what oh, else could it be? I assumed that she was playing music. She was a musician. Uh, I, I, like I literally didn't question airport? that until this moment. I've heard the lyric. Uh-huh. You were raking in <laughs> tips with the heel of your boot, and I'm like, if that's not what it implies, that's... I hope she's a stripper. <laughs> if it, if that's not what they had in mind writing the lyric, there's very little else to necessarily think of. Like, yeah, maybe she's a musician, but she's raking them in with the heel of her boot. Now that lyric. I never actually understood it my entire life until this week. I knew this couldn't be the lyric, but what I always heard was, you were raking in tips with your helium boots. So <laughs> Ooh, I like, I like oh, that. Yeah. So she's like a scientist. She's like moon boots. Yeah, she's an inventor, and she nice. has helium boots, and she flies around in her helium boots. I knew that wasn't it, but then I like li- listened closer, and I'm like, oh, raking in tips with your he- the heel of your boots. Yeah, according to this, and we can double check the lyric video, it's sweet country baby, you were singing at the airport, oh. raking in tips with the heel of your boot. Okay, she was singing at the airport. Yeah. Okay. Man, I, I wish this was a stripper song. I, I would have given this an S tier rating if this was a song about a stripper. <laughs> about a. Now, she's not. She, and also, she's not necessarily 17 in this song. She had a baby at 17. She it, could be in her 20s at this point. Nope. It oh. says, you had a baby. You were 17 years old. Not when. Just, you had a baby. You were 17 years old. You had a baby. You were seven. Now, uh, Genius, 
because their geniuses over there says you had it baby you were 17 years old but nope the official lyric on the lyric video is you had a baby but it says you had a baby you were 17 years old yes i was on the road yes yeah she had the baby at 17 but i'm saying by the time she's singing at the airport and she meets the narrator of the song she could be any age there's no separation there's no when there's no whatever it's like you had a baby period the next line is you were 17 years old. The separation is the tense. Yes. He's saying you had a baby. You had a baby. And that implies that we are now in the future. Now, the future could be one year. It could be 10 years. But the fact that her having the baby was a past tense, and then we move more into the present tense of him dancing footloose. It's and not made free. clear. It's not made clear, but also it's poetry. So you can't like expect it to absolutely concisely give an absolute story but the, the fact entire that- song set in past tense it's interesting that you use the word concisely because there is an interview with matt teason where he says that these songs are very concise so interesting <laughs> anyway just throwing that out there <laughs> great minds think alike although technically on the opposite end because i'm saying it doesn't have to be concise well i'm just saying that you know he- love it or hate it lyric th- these lyrics are poetry they're a form of poetry some lyrics are not necessarily poetry, but these are very, these are poetic in their own pop way. And just be, he's saying to me, there's no, there's no implication either way that it is not years later or days later. We know you had a baby, you were 17 years old. So she's not currently nursing. She's now gotten back to work. There's no implication. Who's, who's she, to say that she isn't? Who's to say that she doesn't bring the baby with her? <laughs> I didn't and, think and I need f- to get this deep into the lost the fact, boy. The fact that we're sitting here having this conversation <laughs> shows into, what a deep song this is. No, it goes into my next point that lyrically I find the song very poorly constructive. There are two little narrative breakdowns and it's actually, it feels to me like it's unclear if they're even about the same person. And structurally, it just feels really unbalanced with the other repeated ver- verses and choruses. Like it's odd that you only visit this singular question mark character see to me it almost it i don't even necessarily connect the first girl he's singing about to the second one that to me seems like it could be a completely different I girl thought it was the same who girl turns the in, who's you know like and it's that and he's off you know on the road with a bunch of women that he doesn't know right. and it's like so he's trying to find himself because he's a lost boy and all of these women and so he's just creating his own narratives for these women that he keeps coming across we all create our own narratives jessica we do um it, i mean i'm just thinking of okay i completely get what you're saying and it's valid and i to me when I look at a song like this, I'm not thinking of it as a Relan K song. I'm just thinking of it as a radio-friendly pop song that did not literally play on the radio uh, to the level that saying it's a radio pop song implies. I'm sure it played on a radio station. But there are other examples of little pop songs that are that imply a story that don't worry about the minutia and the details and trying to like give you a time frame. Like this isn't deathbed. Like we're not giving the absolute concise to use that word again, timeline of this couple of these people. Like, so if the meter and the rhyme doesn't allow for express details, like I will forgive it. For instance, that song, which I cannot think of the name of right now, 
but the don't you want me baby don't you want me baby whoops <laughs> that's a very famous pop song still plays on the radio constantly to this day huge 80s song when you break that song down because i've heard it so many millions of times i realize there's no story you feel like that's a story like so many people know that but it's there's no actual story like there's an implied story because he's like is like you were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar when I met you. And that's about all of the story that's actually contained in that song. Like, do you think that that's such a big, like, music musical, like, story song? But really, all the narrative that's contained in that entire pop radio song is you were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. And that's it. The rest of the song, actually, it's a pretty short song overall. And as soon as she says, I still love you the song's pretty much over and then they repeat the chorus for like another minute and a half. So when you really break into the verses of that song, there's not a lot of story same way. There's not, there are story beats missing in lost boy. So I'm just saying like a pop song, you can't, you are going to miss story beats, which might be interesting to know, but they're just not there to be found. I mean, I think that they, that song does just kind of, well, it still weaves a better narrative. It still makes it more clear. It's an even smaller story than this, though. This song has more details and to it, this relationship. Than and Don't it's you more effective. Baby. It is more With less wording. Because everyone thinks that that song's such a grandiose story of a breakup. And really, there's it's, it's a one-note one story. And the thing with this is that you had a baby, you were 17 years old. You could very easily, if it was you had a baby when you were 17 years old, you can fit that in without a shoehorn. You had a baby it's a, when you were seven. No, you. You had a baby when you were 17. Yeah, but that's a shoehorn. That's unnecessary. You uh, had a baby. You were. And it's like. It, it just, yeah, because she already had the baby. Who knows how old she, she was when she had the baby. If that was there, you would you would hate it because you already don't like this song. So if he shoehorned in an extra little thing, you would be even more upset at that you had a baby when you were 17 years old when you were 17 years old the way he sings it like that falsetto thing Tyson does in this song he could make it work if you just like hold on certain notes a little longer you could totally make it work without it sounding shoehorned you wouldn't even know like if I said right now you went to film school you were 19 years old you know I'm talking about the past I'm just trying to, I was trying to think of any example from our real life. And that doesn't imply that that's now. It doesn't imply that we are still in film school. We know we're here now. No, it implies that he met her when she was 17 and he was a grown ass man out on the road trying yes. to make it his home. Yes. No. What I'm saying is that it doesn't matter when any of it happened. There's still a clear yes. age difference. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. We're I don't know why we're arguing over this. Like because <laughs> it's my birthday. And you love to it's argue. My like I'm just <laughs> No. It's you're the right. same reason why we went off on a stupid <laughs> tangent about why what the stupid Halloween and Oatana song means. I didn't care then. I don't care now. Because this is a podcast and we dissect and talk about uh, stuff. I'm having fun for my birthday and that's what matters most we, I'm so sorry we were talking about two different things no you're 100% correct when he met her their ages she was under 18 and he was over 18 because he was on the road trying to make it his home and she had a baby she was 17 years old I get that I totally get that I'm just saying 
by the time they're necessarily together, like maybe they met when they were 17, but there's not an absolute indication. I'm not trying to make excuses for this song or trying to make excuses for male behavior of like grooming or preying on people, which uh, women, which is not what I think is necessarily meant to be happening here. I'm just not trying to make that assumption. I'm just saying, I'm just like saying this song to me is a perfect song. I love it. It is an S-tier Reliant K song. <laughs> I'm using lies to dig myself out of the hole. I just And I think that it's really interesting that in all of the negative reviews that I've gone over for Collapsible Lung, no one mentions the contents of this song. People go off on like their whole morality police thing on this album with like drinking and sleeping around and stuff. Nobody mentions the teen pregnancy. Like, did they just stop listening by the time they got this far in the album? Or is it just... I think that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with teen pregnancy. I just think that it's interesting that no one points it out. (laughs) This is like the third song. Did they stop listening? This is the third song on the album. (laughs) I mean, I'd already stopped listening by now when I first (laughs) picked up this album. (laughs) Well, okay. We said all that. And then I just wanted my only other specific note. I already said the helium boots thing. My only other specific note in the shadow of all of that discussion right now is to say that this song, again, like Disaster to me, sort of has disaster written all over it. <laughs> it, dislo- <laughs> it, it, it disassociates this album as a whole for me from the Lungy theory, which is that like this is a story album. The fans who believe, and there are tons of posts online about this, if this is your first Collapsible Long episode, welcome. <laughs> Why'd you start here? But there are tons of fan posts online, who fans who believe that Collapsible Long, the album, is a story from A to Z, A to Z. And it's about a guy who lives vapid relationships and a sort of godless worldly life and then comes back to Christ in the end in Collapsible Long. We don't see it that way. There are fans who see it that way. And that's what we, so we call those specifically lungies. And this song, like Disaster, sort of pushes against that to me because despite everything else we just said about the age thing, this song to me sounds like a, a, like a sort of celebration of two people that appear to be in a loving relationship all that age stuff aside i'm just saying that this is like two people who enjoy each other's company and are having that would a be t- what a man t- would argue <sighs> come on that's not what i'm saying he's the whole point is like she got pregnant from somebody early on and she's making her way trying to be a singer at the airport and he's living um a, a lifestyle that's not fulfilling him and then they meet at the airport and then they are like together and they're enjoying each other's company you okay like so that to me seems like this is not about a problem on that level throw out the first line about the 17 year old is it whatever age she is throw that out that just to me like disaster like disaster is a song about two people who go to church together and they have a kid together oh is this actually the same person from Disaster? Because she has a kid, and we debated in Disaster, is it the narrator's kid, or is it just her kid from a previous relationship? You're such a longie. 
Also, no, because I I do feel the need to bring this up. I don't draw any parallels between the usage of Lost Boy here and Peter Pan in the song Man. Sheer coincidence. Did someone, has someone said that? No, I'm just throwing it out there. Gotcha. In this case, there's just too many cooks in the kitchen on this song. I mean, even if it's, even if there is a parallel, it might not be a thematic, dramatic narrative parallel it might just be that matt Thiessen, if he wrote the, if he came up with the title lost boy and the hook lot of the lyric lost boy he likes peter pan imagery so he's going to use those images just like relying case sing about car crashes and cars and stuff a lot but that doesn't necessarily mean that those songs are connected together it's just a theme that interests him uh two reviews that i found that i'm i'm sure we've read before I think they both might have even had this album has disaster written all over it as the title, uh, likened this track to a Maroon 5 sound. And I agree. And I also think that this song has a similar vibe to both Pumped Up Kicks and Don't Stop, Color the Walls by Foster the People from 2011. And with like a little touch of Animal by Neon Trees in there. I don't... I don't know this Foster the People song, so that's the only one I had to look up. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Did oh uh, I didn't. Did you deep dive? Did you find that Reddit post where it's like that they were someone was saying like I think the idea is every song deliberately rips off another band. No, I was <laughs> like trying it's to a thematic. Re- no, and I was actually trying to refine that post, and I did not come across it this time. Okay. It's funny because I think that this song was labeled with Foster the People. And I will never forget that Reddit post because they said Gloria is like my chemical romance. And we were just like, what? What do you mean? In what way? Well, Danny, it's really appropriate that we had a little argument in this episode because... When we come back, as you've been as you've been teasing for for months, and for years, months, possibly since we started this podcast, we have a special treat for uh, what's what's the Sadie Hawkins pod version of a lungy? What's like our deep fans? Hockeys, <laughs> hockeys, like you like hockey and Hawkins, hawks, hawks. Let's call our let's call our deep fans hawks. I, I I'm okay. uncomfortable using the word fans, but in this context. Like our like our the the Sullivans out there and and people who like to call us up a lot like um, yeah we're gonna call them Hawks from now on and when you <laughs> when you think of Sadie when you see another Sadie Hawkins pod listener on the street you look you lock eyes you know you're a Sadie Hawkins pod listener <laughs> and you lock eyes and you go <laughs> where did this come from where are you going with this what what why don't <laughs> I understand. Hockeys. What? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to make you laugh because I feel like you were so frustrated and angry at me. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to... I wasn't angry with you. <laughs> okay. When we come back from the break, we are going to talk about our Secret Origin podcast because Sadie Hawkins Pod is not the first podcast we ever had. And it, like, fortuitously, coincidentally ties into the words lost boy in a way so we get to talk about that when we come back from the break collapsible long is the yoko ono of reliant k thank you very much for listening to sadie hawkins pod if you want to support us please rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you listen 
And you can also interact with the show by calling our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE. Check out our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. There you can see the visuals that we discuss each week, and you can send emails to us at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. Also, sadiehawkinspod.com is your one-stop shop for all our social links and to get to our Tee Public store for shirts, mugs, and stickers of all our various logo designs. Treat yourself to a Sadie Hawkins Pod shirt or confuse a loved one by gifting one to them. We would also like to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Timothy, Daniel, Josh, JR, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. Twice a month, we have bonus episodes, including reviews of the songs from K is for Karaoke, and you can hear our backlog of bonus episodes, including reading through the entire complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind book that Reliant K did or did not write. You'll have to go over there to find out who wrote it. So donate that money today. What you gonna do? You sitting on that money? You got that stimmy check oh, no. from years ago? <laughs> Send it our way. Send it our way. Send ye our Send, way. Send ye money our way. What's up, listeners of Sadie Hawkins Pod? I hope you're having a blessed day and enjoying the hot takes from Danny and Jessica. Uh, Brian, do you mind if I say something? Go ahead, for you are a valiant man and bring good news. Thanks, man. Hey, I just wanted to remind everyone of my favorite scripture, Fentuzler 316. For the Zeitgeist Lab Pods so love their fellow man that they proselytize their only begotten opinions about community and drive through records into the world. A very blessed scripture. Of course. And everyone listening to the Sadie Hawkins Pod can check out the Zeitgeist Lab Collections Pod first two seasons, wherever fine podcasts are found. That's right, and we'll be back with Collection 3 soon. Again, that's Zeitgeist Lab Collections Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else fine podcasts are found. Welcome back. So before we get into our uh, other podcast discussion, yeah, uh, we're going to go through the deep dive real quick. So we have some song meetings. This one was posted two days ago by Sadie Hawkins, Jess, and it says, this song sucks with an X. <laughs> Where was that? I know you're lying because the song meanings website logins are broken nowadays. You can't create a new site. You can't create a new login over there. You're not that. Even if you hate something, you don't like to put it out into the world in text. You'll put it out in audio format. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but you won't put it out there in text. And that concludes this week's deep dive. Are you serious? That's it? I, I am. Did you find anything else? <laughs> no, just the same we hate collapsible lung um, reviews that I find every time we do collapsible lung. <laughs> okay, well, so then let's, so we'll we'll still get to uh, Lost Boy covers and fan videos and stuff, but let's just talk about this for a minute. This is the, we knew we were going to talk about it with this episode because... So before Jessica and I ended up deciding to do a Reliant K podcast back in 2015, we did our first sort of podcast experiment and the show was called Those Who Wander, a Lost Girl podcast. And what is Lost Girl, you say? <laughs> what is Lost Girl? <laughs> Says everyone, everyone. Nobody knows what this show is. Well, you can check it out now on the CW Seed. Oh, well, there you go. So, it was on Netflix for quite a while. Finally went off of there. 
is now over yeah. on CW Seed. So it is. So Lost Girl was a show that Jessica found around, I think, like 2014. You found it, like when we were living in Chicago, right? Yeah, 13 or 14. Yeah, because she binged the whole we show. We moved here early. We moved to LA early 2014. Yeah, so in around 2013, Jessica found this show, Lost Girl, on Netflix. And it is a Canadian produced in many ways it's very canadian although they try to pretend it's like generic they don't even like specify what what city it is but it's a very canadian show it's the big city it's the big city and it's this canadian produced show um on the showcase network in which is which is a cable network in canada it aired here in america on the sci-fi channel so to americans it's usually a netflix or a sci-fi channel show and Jessica loved this show as soon as she found it. It is basically like a Buffy sort of style, uh, supernatural, sexy thriller show, like action show about this race of secret. It's, you know, this, this race of secret society creatures called the Fae's. And they're basically any sort of supernatural creature that the writers want to use from the history of mythology like greedy like they can use anything they want (laughs) but they're technically all one race called the phase and so it's like just like every monster you've ever heard of secretly lives in a secret society and jessica loved the show and 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 the main character well we'll get into the actual main character stuff in a second jessica loved the show we had been talking about doing a podcast forever and we decided well you like you this is your favorite show you talk about it all the time now you're making posts about it all the time why don't we do our podcast about this show and i was inspired by an earwolf podcast called analyze fish where scott ackerman and um i can't remember his name now he passed away he uh they whittles whittles harris whittles they would listen to fish together because Harris Whittles was a fish fan and Scott Ackerman was not. And it was just about like bringing him fish songs and trying to get him into fish. So I was like, that'll be the format of our show. Every week we will watch a Lost Girl episode and you will tell me why you like this show. Spoiler warning, we did 45 episodes of this show. And in the end, (laughs) I completely swayed Jessica to hating it. Because I, as the show went on, I was like, this show sucks. <laughs> like, and we have, we had our, we have one listener. We kind of got tied into the Lost Girl. We community. only had one listener. Well, we had listeners. <laughs> we didn't do like a voicemail line at the time. We didn't really get like, we didn't read emails on the show. We didn't get like a ton of feedback, although we had listeners. Jessica went on other Lost Girl podcasts. But we have one friend named Laura who, after our Lost Girl podcast ended, she's still our friend today. She's like one of my closest friends. We talk, yeah. we text every day. <laughs> and she was waiting for us to come out with a new podcast, which we thought would be our movie podcast. But then we decided to do the Reliant K podcast. Sort of to her chagrin, because she's listened to it, but she doesn't really care about Reliant K. So she she's not an active listener. So she's probably <laughs> listening to this one. We probably have told her to listen to this one. The best thing to come out of... She'll probably listen to it like five months from now. <laughs> right. <laughs> But the best thing to come out of us discussing Lost Girl on a podcast form was becoming friends with her because the, the show we just toured and we, but more than like much more than Collapsible Long, where we kind of like we tear into Collapsible Long, but sort of feel a little bad doing it. 
like we really held back because Jessica, like week after week in our private conversations, I was just like, this show sucks. I hate this show. Why did we pick this podcast? Like sometimes talking about Reliant K does start to feel like work nowadays, but we still love Reliant K. And like, you know, those little things like talking about Bad Frontisan week after week and being like, like, oh, it's the same theme over and over, having to come back to collapse of belong. Sure, those things aren't the fun moments of this, but we still like Reliant K. <laughs> By the end, I got Jessica to totally turn on this show. Danny hated the main character. He would go really, really hard at the main character. So, Danny, I just want to say that the way I feel about Collapsible Lung is the way you <laughs> felt about Bo from Lost Girl. It's pointless, and a group of people keep telling me how good it actually is when they it, the, uh, the material itself true. doesn't actually show me that. It's true. So, now, sorry, I had to get up and get my computer because we are going to listen to some clips. So the big problem with the show, if you kind of go ahead and watch it on CWC now, apparently where it is, is that, um, oh, and these creators went on to make a couple of other shows that maybe you've seen on Netflix and stuff. There was one called like... Dark Matter was one of them. Dark Matter was like a space show. And then there was another show from the same, some of the same creators called Killjoys. Forget about those. The show that that same group went on to make, which was much more recently popular. It's actually just one of them. Okay. Well, whatever. Like different splinter groups of yeah. people from the sh- from Lost Girl created those two shows. The show from the creators of Lost Girl that became much more big was Winona Earp, which is specifically on the Sci-Fi Channel. is a much more recent. I would say I've not watched Winona Earp <laughs> because I'm like I've already watched Lost Girl. I don't need to watch Winona Earp. But it's a much more like current. It just ended, or it's just ending. Most now. of you are probably sitting there going, "I still have no idea what you guys are talking about." Every show you've named, I've never heard of. <laughs> so let's just talk about the sh- that show. We're not going to spend the ho- we're not going to spend too much time talking about this because we got to play some clips from our old podcast. So. Lost Girl is a Canadian supernatural drama (laughs) television series that premiered on Showcase September 12th, 2010, and ran for five seasons. It follows the life of a bisexual succubus named Bo, played by Anna Silk, as she learns to control her superhuman abilities, help those in need, and discover the truth about her origins. The series was created by Michelle Loretta and produced by Jay Firestone and Prodigy Pictures, Inc., with the participation of the Canadian Television Fund (laughs) and in association with Shaw Media. So the big problem with the show is that it's it's like like Buffy or True Blood or one of these shows where you have like a female main character who's supposed to be sort of like powerful and kick ass. Not that Stucky Sackhouse was exactly that, but you know what I mean. The, the basic idea is she's is, like the one. She's, she's the one. The main she's going to bring balance to the force. <laughs> but she was a cliche from the and this was the writer's fault. She was such a cliche, and I got so mad at this main character. And this term is gets thrown around incorrectly a lot now, and is very weaponized in a very bad way. But back in 2015, it wasn't necessarily this way. The, the term Mary Sue, and it gets thrown around a lot, uh, and it gets falsely used. For instance, the female characters in Game of Thrones get accused of being Mary Sues. They are not. They are just powerful women, and people who don't like that call the Mary Sues as if it's bad writing. No, a Mary Sue is a character, not not a strong woman. A Mary Sue is a flawless character, male or female, that is a surrogate for the writer that only exists for the, the, for the other characters to talk about how great they are. 
which is also not what Rey from Star Wars is like. Yes, the characters around her kind of like love her and revere her and stuff, but she's still got flaws. She, her whole existence isn't just to be praised. But the main character from Lost Girl's whole existence is to be praised by all the other characters and never really do anything to earn it. And also, like, it's a sexy show. It's a sexy show because she's a succubus and she gets her power from sex. And I was like, okay, this is a little silly and, like, uncomfortable at times. But that's the show. (laughs) But that's the show. And I'm fine with that. I'm an adult. I can understand that. I came into this thinking, oh, this show's, like, super campy. It's fun. It's, like, intentional. Danny's like, Jessica, this is not intentional. It's just badly written. It's just bad. (laughs) I'm like, what? The basically the main character is a trope and like she exists to be the one, but she never actually earns it through situations that are written by the writers and it's all the writers, television writers false. She's never shown to actually be a good character. And at times because of the bad writing, she would actually do really bad things to other characters that would make you hate her. But then all the characters would forgive her and talk about how great she was because the writers didn't think that, the moments of her being bad were that bad. But I'm like, but she never does anything good. So when she does something bad, it's extra, it's extra bad. And she never really has an arc. Right. Uh, She's just like, uh, her thing is I'm going to live the life that I choose. And that's what she does. Instead, in season three, they brought in a very beautifully flawed character who who was essentially the the main main character, (laughs) who had the main character's arc and, like, they gave all of the really, like, great storylines and, like, acting chops and such to this character. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's listen to some clips. Do you remember our theme song? You found it on one of those royalty-free websites. Oh it was a little kind of, like, ska shuffly beat that yes. you found us. This is what it was. Oh my gosh, the clips in the <laughs> opening. No. We're not going to listen to that part. That's too embarrassing. She took Jessica took clips from the show, audio clips from the show and edited them to Just this play little it. Rousey. Just play <laughs> okay, it. Okay, let's play it. It's not going to be as mortifying as listening to me talk about her. The Wanderer. Oh, that's a tall tale. My mom used to tell me to scare me from fiddling with myself in public. Well, that's radical. Can I get out? What? 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 Okay, not what I had in mind. Oh my god, the geek itch was stifling. I am so sick of this song. Hello, and welcome to Those Who Want. That was great, <laughs> f*** you. <laughs> that was a great opening. <laughs> and really, in those little clips you just heard, you can kind of see how, what level the writing of this show is on. It's great, it's cute, it's kitschy. So here's, let's just listen to a minute of uh, us introducing our first podcast before we ever came to Relying K. First episode of Those Who Wander, a Lost Girl podcast. My name is Danny. And I'm Jessica. And we're here to discuss the Canadian science fiction. (laughs) Okay, we know all this. Thank you, past Danny. We already talked about it. Wow. Um, (laughs) I just want to say we took a huge leap in audio quality. Yeah, it sounds way better now. (laughs) I'm going to skip about 12 minutes in. We're not going to spend too much of our time doing this. I'm not saying we sound great or like professionals or anything. I'm just saying compared to what you're hearing right now, we sound way better. Yeah, we're going to do more of this behind Patreon, but like... We just want to get a flavor of what, how far oh, we we've are. This come. Is, this is yeah, the first yeah. time here. Sorry. This. Oh, we boy. want to get a flavor of how far we've come in seven <laughs> years of podcasting. Tell me everything that's going on. Like when What's she goes to the it? bar, when she goes to the bar and she talks to Trick. I have a cheat sheet here of character names. 
When she talks to Trick, like, Trick is still Again, being... Again, non-fan versus fan. I had she's... to make him a cheat sheet yes. so that she knows the characters. Oh, my voice is really annoying. Do I still sound like that? <laughs> <laughs> I know no, I do. you sound adorable. No, I have resting bitch voice, which I do bring up uh. on this podcast later. So I just skipped ahead to the final episode. Oh my gosh. And it doesn't sound much better. You have to either end at 55 or 60 because I just don't like any other numbers around us right now. Right. It's just awkward. Well, we did video our through Periscope. We did- <laughs> oh my gosh, that's right. That's right. Wait, so we caught up with the show while it was still being aired. Nobody cares about this. We caught up with the show while it was still being aired and we Periscoped our live reaction to the <laughs> finale, but at the time Jessica was like, I don't care about any of this anymore. <laughs> By the end of this podcast, I had to pretend like I was still super invested <laughs> Because that was the dynamic of the show. <laughs> and so we, sometimes here, I will play up my collapsible lung hate a little bit because I'm bringing in a little bit more. It makes of it a little the, bit more fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, you know, it's more interesting that way. So I, I knew Danny was going to go really hard at the show every week. So I had to balance that it's out. It's so funny. It's the exact opposite of yep. how it's been with collapsible lung. <laughs> Because I don't really like Collapsible Lung, but I just play the devil's advocate to your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because we ended the show on episode 54 and we've come so much further talking about Relying Case Lungs than we, we ever did went, with Lost Girl. Yeah, and we never went back and recorded a 55. It's still in that this, awkward 54. In this, yeah, and you were like upset that it ended on 54. You're like, we got to end on episode 55. We never went back. Once it was done, it was like a prison sentence. You're like, we're never coming back to this. It was one of those things where we planned to go back to it. And now you can't even find these episodes. They are not up anymore. Right. We've taken <laughs> them down. All down. <laughs> Social medias are still out there unfortunately i think unless we've been completely locked out of them and and uh have had them deactivated due to inactivity no i took them down that oh you did that's part of the reason why i found them is because that's part of the reason why you allowed this episode to happen was because you were like nobody can find <laughs> nobody this can anywhere find no i deleted the feed burner <laughs> thing that fed to itunes so no one can find this show anymore but we will make every single episode available for our patrons at patreon.com oh i'm just gosh, kidding we won't no, do that so b- <laughs> but would she then immediately say oh we're not gonna like randomly find gold out of like 55 54 episodes i just wanted to kind of get a feeling for how further we've come with our sure sense yeah, of recording we have a real microphone we were using like a like one of those little pencil microphones that you kind of set up just for web, just for doing like conferences. But now we have a, now we got a blue Yeti. We got a blue Yeti. Listen to this thing. We've really, we've come so far. The assumption that, first of all, most of what you said, I don't know. And I have no idea. And I'm because the entire, like, when Rainer was on the train, when Bo was on the train, here's the train. Oh, all these and details. I don't want to go through this anymore. <laughs> The thing with Lost Girl is that, unfortunately, it's just halfway through the series, they decided to introduce this, like, character that was maybe going to be the big bad, maybe going to be some new great love interest, and then they just kind of left it. And we were (laughs) all like, wait, 
but what happened with that guy? And they're like, no, 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 we just, he's done. We got rid of him. And you're like, what, but I'm confused. And it was the Wanderer. It was the Wanderer. It was the name of our show. Yeah. The, the, there was a there was a big mystery like a big mystery box. <laughs> they Kinda, set it up so big. This is why Jessica hates Ryan Johnson <laughs> because JJ Abrams set up all those mystery boxes in Star Wars, and then Ryan Johnson came in and steamrolled over them. That's what the Lost Girl writers did with The Wanderer, the name of our show. And uh, then it turned out, oh, we don't care about this anymore. And it's not a thing anymore. And we're, we're like, what? We're going to bring in Eric Roberts because literally anybody can get him. And we're going to make him the big bad for the last season because he's maybe Bo's dad, maybe actually the Wanderer, not that other dude we said it was. It's maybe all these other things. And we're <laughs> never going to answer those questions for you. I love this one moment where Lost Girl and Reliant K truly get to meet out in the real world. Because wow. it is like it is like two relationships, like... Your current girlfriend and your previous... Not that I would know this because I've only ever had one girlfriend, but your previous relationship meeting you with your current relationship and accidentally because this is Let such me tell a you, I have to do it every day with hidden, you. I know. This is such a secret hidden part of our lives. And that's why it's the secret origin of our podcast. So if you stuck with us through this, we appreciate it. Maybe we should put time codes so people can skip past yeah. this part. But... Now we can get to the now we can get to the part it that everybody. It was a fun show. It was an inclusive show. I don't know. It was very inclusive. I, I'm a lot more like, ah, it was fun. Go watch it. Like, I, you know, last Christmas I rewatched their like holiday episode. They did like one holiday episode. No, there in were season good four. moments in it. Yeah, it and I rewatched. And I was like, you know what? This is fun. It's fun. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so... If you've heard of Lost Girl, call us up, 402-95-Sadie. Who is your favorite character? Was it Tamsin? It's everybody's favorite. ever heard our old show. <laughs> is no there one here ever heard our old show. It's also, like, so not Christian, because it's, like... <laughs> about a succubus? It's about a succubus. That's the thing. It is about a sex demon, but, like, in a CW style. Yeah. Yeah. So... Who was your ship? Were you, uh, were you for? <laughs> and this is why we know Dibo or this is Docubus, why we know so much about Falcubus. shipping and fan fiction. And yeah, stuff. it 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 came completely from that show and doing that podcast because yeah, I had never, I hadn't, I didn't really know what fan fiction was or like fandom at large was prior to. At getting into the Lost Girl community. And then when she was like, oh, there's this whole world of like fans who have written fiction. And at the time I was like, I had been a fan fiction fan from X-Files before fan fiction kind of got known as the place where you write stories about characters like hooking up. And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, fan fiction can be fun. Like people's ideas for their own stories and stuff. It turns out like no, fan fiction is a whole different thing since you were an X-Files <laughs> fan, Danny. And it's funny because I accidentally wrote fan fiction long ago about right. Anakin Skywalker. But real fan fiction, like the X-Files style fan fiction. It was not smutty. It was just, no, you it was know, just... like we're going to fall in love and hold hands and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know? Redoing I'm gonna make episode sure that two. He, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to be the one who keeps Anakin from going to the dark side. Mortifying. <laughs> he just, it's like uh, Lisa is like, no one, <laughs> what does she say? Like, Love, you can't fix someone, Bart, except maybe that boy at the library. <laughs> he just needs someone to tame him. That's how I feel about you. Sure it is. <laughs> well, speaking, let's get back to Reliant K. Speaking of shipping, speaking of shipping videos, 
what's your favorite what's your favorite ship is it hook and emma is it hook and emma from uh what's this stupid show what's this other show called (laughs) happily ever after or once upon a time or whatever that abc show where all the storybook characters come to life see now this is like lost girl oh gotcha gotcha like this is the this is the moment that really like connects these things back together but like just like that show Once Upon a Time where all the storybook characters are just secretly living in the real world. That's what Lost Girl was. Except it was like, Lost Girl also had moments that were actually like softcore porn. Like cable HBO Cinemax. Just the pilot episode, which was technically episode eight. There was a few nipples at the bottom of the frame. Once well, like they every airbrushed one, them out. One episode a season, there was a nipple. It was also Canada. You know, those Canadians. <laughs> it's CanCon. CanCon, those Canadians, they got looser television restrictions and stuff. So, so people want Captain Hook and Emma, whoever Emma is, to be together on this show, or they were together. Oh my gosh, she had a baby and they just showed the baby. <laughs> and Captain Hook was on the road trying to make it his own. Well, by the road, they mean he was on the seven seas. As a captain. Who is Emma? I know I who Captain know. Hook is. I don't know. Maybe she's a regular human that meets all the storybook characters living in the real world. So Hook and Emma. You know, speaking of ships, something that Lost Girl did really well is that it was like, you know what? They kind of went, any <laughs> ship you want, yeah, you can have it. Yeah, we'll do that. We don't care. They're not like all these actual <laughs> CW shows where they're yeah. like, stop wanting characters that are... Yeah. The same gender to be together. Yeah. We made up characters to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but like. Make Supercorp canon, you cowards. <laughs> and the shipping doesn't end there because, and this couple did end up together, but here's another shipping video for Brooklyn Nine-Nine for Jake, for Jake and Amy. <laughs> nice. Well, it's kind of hot. So, you know, the main character. And Amy. <laughs> sure. You you watched a few seasons of this. I watched I like a three or four seasons of this. Are um, they showing the man she had that wasn't no good to her? Yeah, for maybe one episode. <laughs> and then they just showed when he dated uh, Eva Longoria for like a couple, one or two episodes. Um, Did they get together in the end, these two? Yeah, not even in the end. Like they got together just a season. They got together right around the time I stopped watching. I didn't stop watching nice. because of that. But, like, I just wasn't interested in TV at that point Um, in, you know, weekly television shows anymore. So part of it's like it's it's fun that it gets to connect back to shipping and relation, you know, relationshiping and fandom when we talked about Lost Girl. But when I hear this song, Lost Boy, to reset our brains to Reliant K, when I hear this Mm -hmm. song set to a shipping video, especially the fancy free part. And then it shows uh, Andy Samberg, Samsberg dancing. It just makes you realize this song just sounds like a network promo song. It does. <laughs> totally does. Like Lost Boy sounds like a song that was written to like sum up <laughs> the mid-season replacements for television. Yeah. Like I know that this is a shipping video, but I could just imagine... Fox or NBC yeah. actually setting a commercial to this yep. song. Um, and if you were worried, so this song has inspired people. Because if you were worried that there wouldn't be at least three or four lip syncing videos set to this song, don't um. worry. Because here's one. So this is dragging our heels. I didn't quote any. I didn't 
credit any of those YouTube shipping videos, I'm sorry. But this is dragging our heels on YouTube. And the person just comes up in like a in like a talent show type event and just full on Jack lip syncs. And ginger. Lost Boy. Jack and Ginger is the performer, I suppose, or the name of the sh- live show they're doing. And he's just up there. They are just up there doing a big old extra, like, putting a little sign language or something in there. Just dancing, yeah. Fun. Um, and if you're like, well, what would that... What would that be like if it was like a full four-piece lip-syncing oh, boy band what? in and and in, in some at some college or church? So this is four like teen or young twenty-year-old boys. I guess they're teens doing like a full boy band choreography lip-sync thing to it, uploaded by Jim Pollard. And Jessica is in rapture. She can't take her eyes off it. They're hamming it up. They're doing the the two step dances. And I and they're all wearing sunglasses and looking like cool guys. <laughs> Jessica looks so. I can't. I'm trying to remember because we heard from someone that used this, and I apologize because I cannot remember their name now. Who used this for their? like camp video for like last day of camp oh right they played it a lot and now i can't remember who that was i do remember that i'm sorry uh yeah shoot oh well not oh well but i don't i don't have that i didn't i didn't and there's so many places we get messages like between our social medias and our emails and stuff that i'm not really sure well while jessica i guess tries to look for that or what are you doing you're picking snacks up off the ground oh no you're charging your computer well, while Jessica charges her computer, I'll play... This is the YouTube channel Panic with a Pen. And this is their tribute to their horse. You had a baby, you were 17 <laughs> See, so the song is very versatile. You can just... It's, it's not like you have horse. to actually set it to Aww. the lyrics. It's just a horse. It's just a horse. It could have been set to the horse be with you. It's going to make a horse girl joke. This is cute. This is beautiful. Oh, it's just a fun horse. Like, horse. This happy little having horse a good time. kind of dancing around, laying on its back and kicking its legs up and having a, good time. Having a nice like time. It. Look, going out for a carriage ride. Oh, horses love to roll in mud like dogs it's and pigs. adorable. Look at that. I didn't know they could roll around like that. Wow. Oh. So much Lost Boy content this week. (laughs) Okay, before we get to what, before we get to that, no, I'm scared. Before we get to that, here is this tribute, just a general tribute, not a shipping video, just a general tribute to Tom Holland, (laughs) Detective Zinc, (laughs) and you wanted a world without Zinc, Jimmy. Well, here it is. It's a, just a tribute to the films of Tom Holland, set to the song Lost Boy, uploaded one year ago. Not just Spider-Man, but all the films of Tom Holland. It was Trenton from Colorado. Okay. Who yeah. I don't think we've heard from again since then. But the, you see, they loved Lost Boy. Yep. 
they love the song Lost Boy and used it in yeah their call their camp yeah. ending video, yep. which I don't think I actually found. If it was on YouTube, I didn't find it. But what I did find, and we haven't even done covers yet, but what I did find is gold. This is uploaded by Ag Elisa. A G is the first name. A L I E S A is the last name, and I spell that because you all got to go and see this. Here's the Max Fault D-Res thumbnail. <laughs> Why do I show you these things when you go to take a sip? She just said this. It is, it is a doll. What is this nightmare? It is a black and white picture of a doll. It is super cursed. It is. It's dirty. It's a little dirty. We all know that's like fake film scratches on the video. Oh, I see. It's 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 a nightmare. So, and, and there's the, on like a tiger background. So this is called an AG. MV and I kind of had to Google that and when you Google it, it doesn't really explain what an AGMV is. It's an American girl music video. These are American girl dolls that they're reenacting a music video to the song Lost Boy by Reliant K. <laughs> so you're talking about inappropriate ages. So they just showed the American girl doll holding a little teddy bear when it said you were 17, you had a baby. You know, we could make these because I have a bunch of the originals <laughs> at my parents' house. We could start making American girl music videos. I have Kirsten, Samantha, Molly, and the one that's supposed to look like me. It's called the me American girl or something like that. And all the like furniture and accessories for all those like original American girl dolls. <laughs> so it's just these dead eyed American girl dolls. It just cut to color for a second and got back to black and white. Then all they re all it really comes down to is them just kind of like dancing around with each other. But there's a boy one or they just cut the hair of one of them as well. This is a fantastic video. And I think Reliant K should replace the Hoops Child and the dog playing in the river with this for the lyric video. 100%. Oh my gosh, they just zoomed right the in on the face. Oh my gosh, and then it just zoomed out of the boy's eye. Doll, like a TikTok style. He's dancing. <laughs> and they dance around on their own. I mean, obviously someone's controlling it off screen, but... Yeah, it, I mean, I know it's after Halloween, but <laughs> here's your creepypasta. Oh, they showed her boots. They zoomed in on the doll's boots. <laughs> they said the boot line. And the black and white it's got cute. tired, so it's all color again. That boy American doll, that boy American girl doll, mm -hmm. kind of looks like a uh, a Machine Gun Kelly doll. Looks like Tyson. He's wearing a button-up and everything. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. So that's it for fan stuff. And, you know, there's many more lip-syncing videos. But let's watch a couple of covers. So, oh, I did mention this. This is, so Matt Hoops did this little promo. Sorry, for just a second. Speaking of Machine Gun Kelly, Black Bear was one of the writers on this song. Oh, okay. Who is featured in the, my ex's best friend. Oh, okay. That makes, that's cool. Well, back in 2013. That makes sense, Danny? Does it? I don't know why I was going to say that makes sense. I'm like, I, I, I really meant I've heard all those words before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I believe Black Bear co-wrote another song as well that we've covered already. So if one video sums up everything this podcast episode has been about so far, although I still have more videos to play after this, if one thing sums it all up together, it's this. 
back in 2013, Canadian Youth Network. So that ties it to Lost nice. Girl, the Canadian thing. Matt Hoops of Reliant K, and that's what that's what the video is called. Matt Hoops of Reliant K gives a promo for the Change Conference 2013. So apparently Reliant K played at a Canadian Christian conference in 2013. And he's here with one of his kids. And he's going to tell you while Lost Boy plays in the background to go ahead and bring your $20 down to the Change Conference 2013 to ch- hang out with Reliant K. <laughs> Hey Toronto, this is Matt Hoops from Reliant K. We are excited to be there this Friday, the 18th, for Change Conference. You can go to changeconference.com for more information. Come hang out with us. What do you say, Jasper? Come Yeah, and Evelyn. Hi, Evelyn. See you guys. So Jasper is Hoops' son. Yeah, it's the little boy from the from the video. Same boy from the video. But then they showed a dog, which I guess is not the same dog, because that dog did have a different name. I just, I never. Why? Why? You don't need to get involved in the personal lives of the people you like. I mean, if that's something you want to do, that's cool. Or, Or get concerned with it. I'm not judging anyone who's interested in that stuff. I don't pay attention. When I started MXPX memes, for some reason, I was convinced that my Carrera had three kids. And it was like a couple months into it. And I'm like, oh, he's only got two. For some reason, all these posts that he posts, I, I swear there's three kids. Uh, so let's do covers. Uh, and then we'll get the fudge out of here. I'm just waiting for you to bring an acapella in. Because I like, oh, feel okay. like it's coming. Oh, sure. No. So here's the liquid hot plates with their full acapella group. I was going to play Piano Dreamers, but if you want to hear the acapella by the Liquid Hot Plates, here it is. You had me, baby, you were 17 years old. I was on the road trying to make it my home. Kind of fast and loose with the lyrics there. You had me, baby, you were seven. He was. You had me, baby. He was 17 years old, is what the singer just sang right there. Kind of fast and loose with the lyrics. You had a man, but he was no good to you. I was a woman, I didn't know. For loose and free. Oh, pretty lady, won't you dance with me? I just want to look from your eyes. When I knew that it was right this time. Where are you going? You sick of this? <laughs> We got to talk about the liquid hot plates. <laughs> Do we? Yes, we got to talk about the liquid hot plates. There are uh, three, six, nine, eleven people. A couple girls, maybe half guys, half girls. And there's two interesting things happening in this video from two years ago. Only two years ago. Wow. Here on the left, one of the hot plates... Is dressed like Nosferatu. <laughs> All the rest of them 
All the rest of them, the, the women, they're all in, they're all in black and blue colors. Like the women are wearing blue dresses or blue blouses with black pants, and the men are all in black suits with blue ties. But one of the guys is in like a black dress shirt and pants with blue suspenders and Nosferatu makeup. Nobody else is dressed like a character of any sort. And Danny, then, that's just how they look. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry if if uh, if I was being ableist there. If you got the Nosferatu virus and I didn't realize it, the slightly less confounding but still kind of adds to the mystique of the liquid hot plates is that the blonde lady on the right, for some reason, has to hold her microphone upside down, like actually has to hold it upside down, pointed down towards her face. And I don't know is the microphone broken or does this give her more confidence? Nobody else, everyone else is holding a microphone like regular. Is that something that based on like her particular instrument as a voice in the group, she has to hold the microphone upside down? Nosferatu and upside down microphones, the liquid hot plates. And then this is obviously some sort of concert or competition because the board behind them has the names of three and like written in chalk, intricate logos for three other like groups like vocal groups that are there the ags the spokes and the shakar self something click into the liquid hot plates let's see what else they've done let's see if the microphone's always upside down and if there's always a nosferatu there well here they sing lost in japan by sean mendez yep they're all still there she's still holding oh the nosferatu is gonna sing lead on this one maybe This is from the same performance. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. Wait. <laughs> okay, hold on. No, he's dead. Okay, this person's definitely painted up. Okay. I can't tell because of the hot lights on them if they're actually wearing like a bald cap or they just have their hair slicked back, but they absolutely have black eye sh- thick black eyeshadow on. Like a Nosferatu. <laughs> Do you think when they dressed up like a Nosferatu, their mom looked at them and cried? Because yes. they're like, my boy's soul. Yes. Yes, I do. So here's Monday's Cure with what they call a punk cover of this song. It's not really, I mean, spoiler warning. It's not really a punk cover of this song. It's just a cover of this song with a slightly more rock and distorted guitar. Monday's Cure. You had a baby, you were 17 years old. I was on the road trying to make it my home. You had a man, but he wasn't no good to you. I was with women I didn't know.
Monday's Cure, again, kind of also fast and loose with the lyrics. Great Matt Thiessen impression, though. (laughs) Pretty good. I thought they did a good job. So go ahead, call up Garfield, let him know we got the cure for Monday. (laughs) And it's this cover of Lost Boy. I just want to say that April is also not a fan of this song. Because I had picked her up between the acapella thing and this one. And when you started playing this, she immediately wanted to jump down. (laughs) <laughs> she started to move her body like let me go i don't i don't want to be here anymore so like i said there is the piano dreamers and it's interesting uh it's, it's so interesting the piano dreamers actually have so many collapse belong covers well here's their lost boy It's a, it's a good melody. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you get into the piano, you know, the piano dreamers can always show that the... It's snappy, it's catchy. The lesser of any Reliant K song still has a great melody. Like, I doubt that they could put together a good piano dreamers of the cup. <laughs> if the piano dreamers are listening, please accept that <laughs> please, challenge. Please accept the cup challenge. Um, <laughs> so, here's an interesting ukulele cover because... I don't know if they just couldn't find... This is Elizabeth W. And I don't know if she couldn't find chords or had to kind of make them up on her own or found like a wrong chord website where sometimes those like, you know, tabs and chord websites are written by people who are just kind of guessing. Right. Because this doesn't come out like actually melodically the same as the song, but it still ends up being interesting in and of itself. So this is Elizabeth W.'s ukulele cover. nice and it's like like i said like they're kind of struggling with the song like they don't have the right chords or something but it still makes it interesting because also the phrasing of the lyrics wasn't actually how it is in the song and it turned it into something interesting (laughs) for once i can actually say the song is interesting now (laughs) no i always think the song is interesting um, here's a fun little, it, it, we got two more. It's a fun little vocal cover, um, uploaded by Kim Grace TV from a splittered track. So the actual studio track sort of, uh, processed to lower the vocals and then, uh, Kim is going to sing on top of it. I guess if this is Kim Grace. 
You had a baby, you were 17 years old I was on the road, trying to make it my home You had a man, but he wasn't no good to ya I was with women I didn't know Full loose, fancy free Pretty lady, won't you dance with me? Cause one look from your eyes And I knew that it was right this time Before you came Really nice voice, uh, singing into a corded Apple set of AirPods headphones. headphones. I, I want to call them AirPods, and I'm like, technically, the AirPods <laughs> are the cordless ones that everyone has now. But the old, you know, with the earbuds, with the earbuds, with the little speaker that you can speak into and the volume control. So, a better microphone and Kim Grace TV's vocal cover might have been a little better. Oh, there's another vocal cover that I won't play, but it's uploaded by Rachel Campbell. And it's also in tribute to Emma and Hook from Once Upon a Time. Oh, wow. I don't know if it's the same person on a different YouTube channel that made the shipping video, or this person who did a vocal cover, Rachel Campbell, did a vocal cover and said, this song makes me think of Hook and Emma, (laughs) and then someone was inspired to make the shipping video from that. Instead, we'll end on Emily Wilson Dockery, and this is a vocal cover with no accompaniment. And it's really interesting because I think it's impromptu because they're sitting at the computer across the room and then someone with their phone on the other side of the room, like on the couch, just picks up their camera and goes, go ahead. And then the person just turns around and starts singing the song. It's super charming. (laughs) Nice. So this is uploaded, whether I don't know who's singing, but this is uploaded by Emily Wilson Dockery. Okay, what? You had a baby, you were 17 years old. I was on the road trying to make my home. You had a man, but he wasn't no good to you. I was with women I didn't know. Put loose, fancy free. Pretty lady, won't you dance with me? Cause one look from your eyes. Ooh, and I knew that it was right this time. Before you came around, eh, 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 eh. it's I don't know why it's just nice. super charming, really good. And I was really confused by the setup of when I watched this video earlier. I thought they were sitting at a computer and that their friend or family member picked up the camera and said, "Start singing," and they start singing. No, they're sitting in a computer chair in front of a television <laughs> in the living room. <laughs> Very odd setup, but that's great. Um, definitely check that out. And, I don't know if you noticed, but no YouTube commercials played this time, because we finally have YouTube Premium, and I, <laughs> Jessica has YouTube Premium, and I logged into her account on my phone. They don't want you to do that, because they made it super, oh, super man. hard. The next so morning, many emails, so Jessica many text got, messages. Jessica got, like, 20 <laughs> security alert emails of me legitimately <laughs> trying to log into her account on my YouTube. Legitimately. I'm her husband. I technically pay for her account. <laughs> I should be allowed to log into it. (laughs) So that is Lost Boy. And that is Lost Girl. And if you go over to Sadie Hawkins Pod at Patreon.com, you will hopefully be able to check out some more specific clips if you are into that sort of like 
self-hatred thing and you want to listen to our old podcast about a Canadian sci-fi channel show, we're going to release more clips specifically over there deep diving into the content. Well, speaking of, since we did not have much of a deep dive this time and... In honor of our old show, in honor of Nosferatu, in honor of Halloween this past weekend, because like I said, this was a segment on our old podcast. Welcome to Jessica's Mythology Corner. Oh, yeah, that was so cute. We don't really, well, yeah, we technically (laughs) got format, but we don't have segments. (laughs) So Lost Girl episodes had your Monster of the Week pretty much every week alongside their main mythology. Uh, So each week, I would give you a rundown of the folklore behind whatever fae, which is what they called their, like, special people, uh, were featured in that week's episode. So this week, we're going to talk about vampires. Oh, at least they're not Get it? Lost boys. Y'all lost boys, yeah. So the notion of vampires first appeared in texts (laughs) in the early 1700s, though there had been the idea of them for, like, millennia in the form of different types of demons and such. Um, The modern vampire... Uh, kind of folklore, though, originated cool. <laughs> originated in the 18th century in southeastern Europe. And now I'm just going to pull up the Wikipedia page for vampires. Uh, a vampire is a creature from folklore that subsists by feeding on the, the, the vital essence, generally in the form of blood, of the living. What? In European folklore, vampires are undead creatures that is often that often visited loved ones and caused mischief or deaths in the neighborhoods <laughs> they inhabited. Mischiefs or death? <laughs> While they were alive. You know. They wore, like sh- you do. they wore shrouds and were often described as bloated and of ruddy or dark continents, markedly different <laughs> from today's gaunt pale vampire, which dates from the earliest ni- early 19th century. Okay. Tales of supernatural beings consuming the blood or flesh of the living have been found in nearly every culture around the world for many centuries. The term vampire did not exist in ancient times. Where is this leading? Blood drinking. (laughs) I'm just telling you a little bit about vampires. Uh, Blood drinking and similar activities were attributed to demons or spirits who would eat flesh and drink blood. Even the devil was considered synonymous with the vampire. (laughs) Almost every nation has associated blood drinking with some kind of revenant or demon, or in some cases, a deity. And then I have, like, a bunch of different examples, but I'll stop there. Now I understand why my mom cried, (laughs) because vampires really are devils. (laughs) Vampires aren't just fun things. They're not just Twilights just there to have a good time or take you on nice dates. (laughs) And hold and open and use their super Keep speed you from to, being sexually assaulted. Yeah. you know, and use their super speed to open the door for you. Right. I remember when we went to see the first Twilight movie, that moment where like they go on a date and he gets out of his Volvo, his special Volvo yep. that's sponsoring the movie, yep. and then he uses his super speed to run around the car and open the door for her. Ayul is like, ugh. Ugh, because, and oh, I went, ugh, so not because chivalrous. of the moment, not because, yeah, not because of the moment itself, but because I knew that teen girls around the world at that moment were like, oh, I wish someone would use their super speed to open the car door for me. I mean, this this early 20-something girl at that point wanted, was hoping to have the I same thing. I still open the car for you I'm once in a while. I'm just teasing you, you do. <laughs> when I feel like it. Here's a little Danny story. Here's a story about little Danny and how misunderstood I was as a child. So 
I like cared about people so much as a kid and like so completely not understood that I just cared about people. I was a little boy and I was like obsessed with the idea of holding doors for people. Obsessed Ooh, with so the idea beautiful. of holding doors for people. That's so kind. And like, but like, I got too many people who were like, "What are you doing?" Like from like f-ing strangers. Weird. <laughs> I don't know. Massachusetts <laughs> is a weird place, Danny. I like, don't know because uh, I would do that too. I really liked holding doors open for people, and they'd always go, "Why, thank you." But I'm from the south, yeah. So you know, people so, like, are lighter. I just wanted to hold doors for people. Like, here you go. I'm a cute little. I'm a cute little boy, and you're at the grocery <laughs> store, and I'm opening the door for you. It's like. Well, what's this kid? What's this fucking kid's problem? <laughs> you're like little anymore. Bart. You're like trying to sing for yes. Jaka, and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, we're petting <laughs> someone." Like, we're not interested we're in you done anymore. With you. The cuter, the older they get, the cuter they ain't. So, Jessica. Yes. I don't even have to ask you. Less. Yes, of course. I am. Um, I mean. I'm not just doing this to get your goat and not just because it's my birthday, but honestly, like, I like this as a pop song a little bit more and seeing how much people liked it online. I like it technically, technically, I like it a little more, although I'm surprising myself saying that. April, which podcast did you like better? Sadie Hawkins pod or Those Who Wander? Yeah, I know you like those who wander because we sat next to each other in the bed to record. Yeah, we recorded in bed. It was appropriate for such a sexy oh. show. 